So I have this quirk as a writer, which is that you can almost always tell what I've been consuming by what and how I write something. For example, I wrote a book at the end of last year slash the start of this year, and if you were to read it, you would probably be able to quite easily work out that I'd just binge watched The Crown, that Queen Elizabeth II had just died, and that I watch more TV than I do read books. The book is a drama that functions more or less as alternate history, sort of, kind of, fantasy, sort of, revolving around a royal family that isn't explicitly our British royal family, but I'm deliberately unsubtle about the fact that the Kingdom of Ligria is supposed to be read as the UK. Its dialogue and dramatic style is very much inspired by the crown, and while I wouldn't say that Princess Alice, the protagonist, is at all inspired by the real world Elizabeth II, she's certainly inspired by the character of Elizabeth Windsor as written by Peter Morgan et al, and especially when played by Claire Foy in the early seasons. It's very much about the impact of royalty on the people inside the system, an explicitly anti-monarchist story but told from the perspective of the aristocracy and taking a sympathetic view to their lives. With that, it's probably also very obvious I feel a lot of empathy towards Harry and Meghan. It's incredibly dialogue-heavy, with narration generally minimal and descriptive. The story is told by what the characters say to each other, not through flowery language and metaphor in the narration. This has always been true. It's true of my essays. Go through any one of my episodes of this, and if you've got a knowledge of the sort of YouTube creators that I do, you might be able to tell who I was watching at the time. You might even be able to do that here. You might, in other essays, be able to see my broad and more regular inspirations. Grace Lee's channel, What's So Great About That, Lindsay Ellis, Sarah Zed, all key stylistic draws. Especially Grace, who I've always taken the most from. It's true in my fiction, where I think you can always tell what I've been watching by what I'm writing. The romantic space opera I came up with after my recent rewatch of Doctor Who Flux. My current time jumping immortal romance after also having watched a lot of Doctor Who. I've been, I've been watching a lot of Doctor Who recently. My exposure to Veronica Mars and BBC Three's Cleek draws out YA mystery thrillers, and to this day I dream of writing something with the juggling of character work Drara and Bacano's Ryogo Narita manages to pull off so often. It's even in my speech patterns sometimes. If I've been watching a lot of media with someone with a very distinctive speech pattern in, I sort of start to talk like them. The speed I could talk if you let me if I've been watching Gilmore Girls recently is dangerous. <laughs> But it means that I never quite know what my art looks like. I love writing, and I think I'm decent at it, but I don't necessarily know what my writing looks like, what my narrative voice sounds like. My essays are the same. I'm proud of the work I've made as Miscellaneous Diversions has become a project, but at the same time it feels like a simulacrum, a montage of better people's styles and ideas. And that also comes to mean that the work I make isn't as personal as I'd like. My Bojack Horseman essay is the closest I've got, but even then that's only a minor personal section in what's otherwise an essay about how we as a society approach stories about abuse, a topic to which I have no tangible personal connection. And I'm proud of that essay, don't get me wrong, but I wish I had something more profound to say. I've watched some video essays recently that are giving me a bit of a creative crisis, the sort that started Mistive in the first place. Keiko Cat, a relatively small creator, recently released an astoundingly strong in-person essay about trans identity in light of psychological thriller manga Inside Murray. It's a beautiful reflection on the creator's own trans journey, on the trauma she's been through, on how she related to the characters in the manga, and how she applies it poignantly at the end to a strong, impactful conclusion. I've also recently started making my way through the back catalogue of trans creator Lily Alexander, and have absolutely fallen in love with her style, with the way she talks about complex subjects and works in theory and academia while never making the videos ever feel less than complete personal pieces of art. I can't describe any of my essays as art, not even the ones I'm proud of. Don't get me wrong, I'm proud of Miscellaneous Diversions as a project. It's achieved what I set out to achieve back in that first introduction. 
it's a way for me to create something that I enjoy making and that has something tangible at the end, at least as tangible as a podcast can be. But I don't look back on anything and see it as profound, as something which I feel contains me. When I watched The Incels of Trans Pipeline and Inside Murray, I felt like I'd been brought into Keiko Cat's world, that she'd given me a part of herself. It's the same feeling I get when I watch Lily Alexander's videos and countless other creators who pour their souls out in service of something greater than them. Abigail Thorne's trans coming out video on Philosophy Tube, Identity, affected me so much when it first came out. I almost came out on the spot. I've never made something like that. I don't know if I'd know how to. I've tried to find something to talk about. I've been working my way through the manga Wandering Sun, a famous trans story, in hopes that maybe that could be something I could write about. I had a weird experience trying to watch it while closeted and almost having an anxiety attack watching the main character dream about having her secret desire to wear women's clothes discovered by her sister. Maybe there's something in that, but no, I don't think so. Don't get me wrong, it's a great manga, I'm definitely enjoying it, but I'm not feeling anything profound. Have I ever felt anything that profoundly? Has any media ever changed my life? I don't know if it has. I'm someone who loves stories, who devours film and TV, but I can't think of a single piece of media that has had a lasting impact on who I am, or which resonated with me at a deep enough level, or which resonated with me at a level deep enough to make me feel truly seen like so many of my favourite essayists talk about. Art, true art, is about sharing a part of your life with an audience. When I first watched Ladybird, I felt like I was being shown a part of Greta Gerwig's soul. I don't see my soul in anything I've ever made. Sometimes it feels like I haven't lived. I had a reasonably sheltered, boring upbringing where I used to pray something interesting would happen, then something interesting did happen and I just came out feeling depressed and broken. Then I built myself back up, discovered my true identity, sat on it for four years, came out accidentally in an argument with my mum and now I just exist podding forward slowly with my transition until I find a way to move out and get on hormones. I've had one crappy six month relationship where my girlfriend was mostly checked out for half of it and anyone I've tried to ask out since has ghosted me immediately afterwards. I have no job because I have no experience and I have nothing meaningful to say in my art because, well, I have no experience. The only piece of work I felt had purpose in my life isn't a personal purpose. I'm proud of my book, but it's basically just propaganda for one specific political belief. And even then, those political beliefs aren't personal, they're just what I see as a rational conclusion to draw and a belief that comes from a place of empathy. I don't know if I've ever made true personal art, and I really want to. I want to make something which makes others feel the way the Inside Mary essay or Abby's identity or anything Lily has ever made makes me feel. I want to make something that makes others feel seen and understood. I want to pour my heart onto the page and connect with others and make something that feels like it's making the world a better place. And I want to make queer art, art that makes my queerness clear, that makes people like me feel safer and more seen. I want to make something that matters. This project Miskdev, it, it's satisfying creatively, but I still don't feel like I'm making anything that matters. I just want to make art. I don't know if I can. And I don't know what the conclusion is, or what this episode is, or even if I should call it that. This is a breakdown, effectively. It is me being honest about why I haven't made anything in months, because everything I try to make seems wasteful and superfluous. I don't want to make another half-researched essay about a superhero movie, I want to make something that makes someone cry. But I don't know how I can when I rarely even cry myself. 
I don't know what to make out of my life. It's at once boring and depressing. My past is non-existent. My present isn't great, but not in an interesting way. My parents won't use my pronouns or call me my name. Cry me a fucking river. I'm not special. But I want to make something. That's this project. That's what this project was always inspired by. And I do need to try and remember what it's all about. You don't have to be an intellectual to be a great artist. You just have to shut the hell up and make something. So, I guess for now, if this is all I can make, then I'll scream into the void and make this. Because at least then, I'm making something. <laughs>